Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Empire. Free-to-play gaming remains powerful. We really want to own the gamification space in golf, so we've previously activated um, successfully for the European Tour, and because of that success, we then signed a, a three-year agreement with the PGA Tour to become their technology provider for all of their free-to-play strategy. That's Jamie Mitchell, CEO of Low6, where gaming is providing surefire engagement models. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The meta utility world, it's always been a part of fandom. It's not really new here. Trivia, engagement, virtual gaming, they've always been part of the hardcore and casual fan experience. But with more and more choices, younger generations following more stars than teams, and a social environment that can grab and lose attention in a moment's notice, gaming has become a tried and true vehicle to keep fans engaged. Our guest this week is Jamie Mitchell. He's the CEO of Low6, which is a leader in sports gaming technology, powering franchises with their own branded gaming experiences to engage and monetize their fan bases. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I want to get into some of the um, specific partnerships that you have, specifically in the United States. Um, you are joining us from from uh, England. Tell us a little bit about Low6, though, and give us some background on the company. Yeah, perfect. Um, so Low6 has been sort of it was uh, conceptualized sort of five years ago. Um, we really felt that the data landscape for franchises and, um, and sort of organizations across the globe would change over time. We felt that privacy laws would become um, tighter and tighter and that actually the need for a sports franchise uh, or a brand to understand their, their sort of end user, their customer, if you like, in a lot more granularity would become prevalent and the, the sort of lack of third-party cookies and whatnot, the Apples and the Googles would change their policies. And so uh, a sort of need for a company like Low6 who could gamify that audience whilst helping to capture first-party data for the brand, for the organization would become more and more apparent. And um, luckily for us, that's the way the market has turned. And we're now seeing gamification across the UK and the USA as a key strategy now for many of the franchises um, in helping to capture and curate first party data to understand um, their audiences. What do they learn about customers through gaming? We, we curate the games with the, the franchises very much to tailor what, to what they'd like to learn. So it could be they'd like to learn um, what specific brand of beer their fans like to drink mm. because they're looking to do a sports activation with Budweiser or a Heineken. It might be that they're looking to simply know who their favorite player is. So we'll start to tailor questions using a series of AI 
that start to offer up a player specifically. And if he gets rejected three days in a row, then we know perhaps that's not the favourite player and we'd move on to another one. So we really can um, start to tailor questions um, to see sort of franchises' needs for brands or or sort of um, their their wants to just understand the basics. How did they get here? Um, How far away do they live? Who's their favourite player? When do they like to... Um, engage with us as a franchise, etc. So we, we we look to work with the franchise to tick all those boxes, really. So it sounds like uh, it, it it comes off in, in talking to you that it almost sounds like polling of the fans, but you're gamifying it. Can you kind of take me through by turning this into a game to find out about the likes and dislikes of a fan? Yeah, I think so. What we look to do is, you know, first and foremost, we need to make it fun. Um, so whatever the franchise or the brand wants to do, uh, in terms of um, you know sort of curating information around their data to, to, um, to sort of go on and monetize that at a later point, you have to make sure that what the end user is doing is, is fun um, and is seen as a value add, really. So we look to um, create a series of super engaging games that are fit for Gen Z millennials all the way through to old timers like me, baby boomers and whatnot, and um, really tailor those games specifically to them. And so we've got games that range from pack openings um, of players that you uh, draw into your daily fantasy roster, uh, all the way through to the sort of simple flickums and pickums and augmented reality basketball tournaments on your desktop. You name it, we can create it. And we've uh, invested super heavily in our tech stack over the last um, three years where you know now what we're able to do is spin up a game for a franchise on almost any iteration uh, that they can think of, um, have it live and, and sort of out there with their fans. So this week we're um, sort of knee deep in the draft with the Cincinnati Bengals, one of our partners. Um, our draft picks game is live across the USA um, in their official application. So any event, um, March Madness that's just gone, you know, Low Six has got activations and partners um, that we're gamifying. Tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get into this? Yeah, so I was um, a technology advocate really for a long, long time. Um, I started a, a, a sort of a marketing company in the UK called Priority Sports Marketing, and we were building the uh, rights holder applications that we talk about. So just for the, the normal things, really, um, fan engagement, uh, reading about the news of that particular club ticket information, et cetera. So we had the real basics down and we were providing those across a whole heap of rights holders in the UK. But like any um, rights holder, once the sort of shiny element of their application had worn off and they were paying for it each month, they were sort of saying, how can we look to monetize this? How can it add more value than um, than we currently do? So that's when we started to bring gamification into the into the actual products that we made. Um, and it's, I suppose it's like every good startup story. Suddenly the games that we were producing were more popular than the apps that we were producing and uh. producing more revenue. And so suddenly, you know, we, we really realized actually that's a big problem for rights holders. They can't monetize and they're, they're really struggling to monetize these assets. Um, we know all this data about fans. Surely wouldn't it be better for us to just partner up with the franchises, give them access to the fans so they can, they can go and leverage, um, you know, uh, ticket information, the sponsorship information, all from the data that they curate um, using Low6. So you have partnerships with various different teams, various different leagues, various different sports. Um, this is a broad question, but I wonder if you're finding some unique differences in sports fans of these sports. And are these leagues finding out that there are different desires of fans of their sports as opposed to the generalization that sports fans are sports fans? 
Yeah, absolutely right. And every single sport is nuanced. Every state is nuanced. Um, I don't think we quite appreciated how much of a unique landscape the United States of America was until we arrived. You know, it's completely different state by state, fan by fan, sport by sport. In the UK, we're quite a broad brush, um, top to bottom of the country in about six hours. Um, you know, it, it's very different in the United States. So we found a really passionate group of fans in the collegiate space. So our deal with Learfield College, yeah. um, when we were going through March Madness, we didn't anticipate the, the take-up there would be. Um, we actually had to create bracket games because uh, the, the, the demand was so high for bracket games, which typically outside of March Madness, we hadn't seen that before with our franchises. Um, and I suppose really it's been a, a steep learning curve for our own teams internally to understand the passion that's out there in North America um, for, for all of, you know, not just college sports, all the way through to the professional franchises. And then the nuances of the different sports themselves, i.e. football in the NFL was super popular compared to the NBA basketball, which we didn't see as big a take-up on this year. And in the UK, we would think that would be the other way around. We tend to watch more basketball than NFL. So football was huge for us. And um, I suppose as we've gone through this process, we've realized we need to grow our North American operations substantially so that we've got all of that knowledge um, on the North American shoreline. And so that's what we've been working hard to do is, is build our team natively out in the States now to, to manage all of this. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, don't tell the NFL that. They've been vying to put a team in London for years now. So I don't think they yeah. want to hear that everybody's watching basketball over there. Yeah, well, I think they've, they've done a good job because um, historically you would ask every um, English person who their favorite basketball team they have started to move that needle for sure with all of the games that have been at the Spurs Stadium. And I think everybody's um, second team in the UK is the Jaguars, one of our partners. Um, uh, everybody seems to know them because they're so regularly over in, in the Spurs Stadium and whatnot. So they're definitely doing a really good job in, in changing the narrative there for sure. The, uh, the other part, the Brit that just came out in you is surprise at the bracket. That has... Um been something that has gotten in the way of productivity in every workplace in America in March for the last 40 years. <laughs> uh, and it's the funny thing you say that. So, um, you know, everybody told us we needed a bracket and we yeah. said, surely it can't be that popular. And then we, <laughs> no. we worked out it was that popular. And we went to, um, we were over in America to, to activate lots of these bracket games. And every bar you went into, there was a bracket actually on the on the glasses yes. that had been printed onto the actual glasses. Samuel something and brackets, it said. So we really got a flavor for how big the bracket sort of game is over there. I think something like 14 million Americans filled out and completed a bracket in the month of March alone. So, you know, just unbelievable numbers. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. 
Okay, you mentioned you're working with the Bengals. You're also working with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, what are you doing with the NFL and maybe specifically with those teams as you implement gaming for them? Yeah, so we, we, um, we activate um, with NFL partners um, individually. We haven't got anything specifically in it with the, the actual league itself. Um, the approach we took was, you know, we'd like to partner with the rights holder who, who's actually their official app, if you like. So um, we went to the, the app builder themselves. We partner with them. And so when an NFL franchise is looking for some form of pickums or flickums or whatever the, the game might be, and they go to their app company and it's typically our gamification technology then that's um, embedded into their official app. Uh, we also have uh, league-wide with the likes of Learfield Colleges. So we'll be activating um, you know, a, a lot of colleges this year, um, yeah. more next year. Gives us access to up to 180 colleges in North America. And we're live, I think, with six or seven right now in the first couple of months that we've kicked off. And again, really looking forward to college football, having spent some time in the States and seen the popularity, you know, we really want to activate and help the franchises and the, the colleges um, really look at their data and, and what they're doing with it. Okay. And how about the PGA Tour? You have a partnership with them as well. What are you doing in golf? Yeah, we have a huge, um, a huge vertical in golf that we, we really want to own the gamification space in golf. So we've previously activated um, successfully for the European Tour. And because of that success, we then signed a a three-year agreement with the PGA Tour to become their technology provider for all of their free-to-play strategy. So um, in the PGA Tour application, the native app on your phone, in the PGA Tour website, you'll see PGA Tour Picks. That's a low-six product. Um, we then, uh, obviously, all the call to actions are made by the PGA Tour to come and play PGA Tour Picks, etc. Um, and we're just offering, I suppose it's a, almost a, a betting tutorial um, that the PGA Tour and Low Six have created there. So you, you almost place virtual coin currency on different players as they go around. Then you get to understand that the odds fluctuate as yeah. the round goes on. Um, okay, let me talk about a couple of broad topics specifically here. Um, gambling is being legalized jurisdiction by jurisdiction in this country. So things are different depending on what part of the country that you're in. Partnerships are being formulated with leagues and teams. Um, how do you view sports gambling as you build out this these verticals and these these games for these teams yeah i think i think it would be um disingenuous of me to say that we don't see that as a huge play for our particular products as well because we whilst we'll never get a license in north america it's not our strategy to become a gambling company i think what we inherently offer a franchise is the ability to to talk to a gambling company themselves about hey, look at the database we've curated of people that we think are highly likely to want to bet with you. So if you're one of the big operators and we'll just make one up, say DraftKings, um, and you want to partner with the Brooklyn Nets and the Brooklyn Nets have been running a free-to-play strategy for a year that can tell you who the favorite player is, what their favorite props tend to be, is it over or under, is it X, Y, and Z. I think if you're the Nets, you're in a much better bartering position with the draft the likes of DraftKings than you would be if you hadn't run a free-to-play strategy for yeah. two years so I think the value that low six bring um not just to, to brands like banking and health insurance but notably to sports betting is is absolutely you know it's exponential I think the value that we bring to these these franchises um you had mentioned in in one of your examples opening packs which has become a thing in the NFT space, in the collectible space. Um, we've talked to a lot of people that are building these things and are 
more about kind of a Web3 mentality with utility attached to all of this. How do you kind of view all of that? Blockchain, NFT, Web3, incentivizing fans to stay engaged. How are you kind of viewing all of that? Yeah, I, I think ultimately our, our biggest investment this year is in Web3. Um, we believe in the utilization of NFTs into fantasy products particularly. So um, you'll see, I think, more and more franchises who have perhaps rushed into a, an NFT strategy, which is a cool drop of a player dunking on somebody, which soon loses its uh, its values, as we know. And I think Gary Vee is very um, forthright in 99% of these NFTs will go to zero. Well, <laughs> I, I truly believe, and my business believes, that actually utilizing some of those NFTs to be dragged into free-to-play propositions will become a really fun and meaningful um, route forward for some of the sort of NFT projects that perhaps have lost their way. So, yeah, I think um, very exciting space, very crowded, saturated, um, taking our time to make sure our strategy is absolutely spot on. But um, very much, I think, you know, Metaverse, again, proves an, an enormous opportunity with the, the, the amount of virtual casinos we've seen pop up into them, the, the projects like the slotty projects where you as an owner can keep a revenue rake handle for if your slot machine is played in a metaverse casino. Huge repercussions from a regulatory yeah. point. I think it, it, that minefield is something we're very scared of because it just seems like the Wild West out there right now. But as things settle down, I think bite-sized chunks, and for us it feels like gamification that's able to be enhanced by um, utilization of NFTs as a first step into Web 3.0 for us feels very natural um, and a holistic place for us just for the start, really. It feels like in the end what you're saying here, and, and I agree with you, is that whatever mechanism we use to keep people engaged, that's what's going to be value, right? In the end, all of these other things are neat and interesting, and maybe the board apes are worth $10 million and maybe they're worth nothing at some point. But if you are involved because of that, that's where the value is. That's what we believe. Absolutely right. And so we have our own um, testing ground in the UK. We still, uh, my, my um, fellow countrymen won't thank me for saying this, but we're now using the UK very much as a, a Petri dish, a dish to test <laughs> and then roll out over into the United States. We launched our own fantasy brand called Ultimate Fan. Uh, it was a pack openings game um, that quickly rose to the top of the app store, uh, the most, the top grossing app in the app store as well. Uh, and the reason it was so popular is it, it was a combination of sort of FIFA pack openings and fantasy. Well, in August, we'll be launching um, an NFT drop that actually you can pull your NFT into our game and it will boost your pay at players score for that particular match. So our first step into utilizing an NFT will happen in August. Should that be successful, then, you know, it's in our proprietary tech stack and something we can start taking out to the franchises and the brands over in North America to say, hey, look, you know, if you're the UFC and you've got a prism drop of um, uh, NFTs and that they're, they're perhaps you're not able to do anything with them other than look at them, well, cool, now you can have a free-to-play game from Low6, which the UFC luckily do have. Why not drop your prism NFT in to represent you as a fighter for that night's free-to-play gamification. So um, I think it's an exciting space, but one way you can quickly get into a, um, a sort of real Pandora's box of products and services and 
let's keep it you know simple stupid as they say and let's just take one step at a time and i think engagement's absolutely right um that you talk to bram and we should stick to that okay last thing um let me ask you about the teams i think you've semi-answered this they want to keep people engaged they want people they want to learn more about who their fans really are what their likes and dislikes are so they can go to their third-party sponsors whatever beer company automotive company whatever it may be and and get a better deal for the fans and give them what they want um what about experiential? Is there something that the teams are saying to you that we want to try to drive people back to going to the stadiums, back to going to the games? Is that a priority to them? Yeah, and it's. I think it's been an age-old problem, really, for um, franchises because you know we've seen auditor seats through fan fan engagement, tailgating, you know, everything that you know is experiential, and that's what millennial and Gen Z love. I mean, they 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 would rather win experiences than prizes uh you know prize money over in the states we're seeing it time and time again i think that's the the big um the big question mark really Bram, this year is is what does that look like what what does um an experience or an er experiential um offering feel like for a franchise in america I, i don't think any of the teams have cracked that yet so being the 12th man all the different things we've tried but there's nothing there that i see that's you know that's absolutely um, blown everybody away. So I think that's a, a, a sort of TBC really um, for this year as to uh, is there something new, metaverse Web3 that could be that experience? I, I think people are trying to invest in that and um, you know, let's see, but it's a TBC for this year as to what, what that sort of um, silver bullet might be. Jamie Mitchell is the CEO of Low6. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Bram. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the next Futures Board podcast, back at the stadium, your seat can become a destination. So fans are actually able to scan their tag and they can do things like um, look at venue maps, which which makes sense, or look at uh, you know food and drink and, and order things like that, but also look at the latest NFT drops for the Utah Jets. So fans are able to scan that tag and look at those NFTs and purchase them uh, that are brought to them by CoinZoom. That's Cameron Fowler, founder at Digital Seat Media, where the addition of a simple QR code on the back of stadium seats offer a world of opportunity. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.